Good morning. Today's Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 70. Hasten, O God, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May those who seek my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, Aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, Let God be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy. Come quickly to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Today's epistle reading comes from 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. The coming of the Lord. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left to the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. The Gospel reading comes from Matthew 25, 1-13. And in respect to the Gospel, please rise. The Parable of the Ten Virgins at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some air oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went out with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the Others also came, Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Please remain God's grace and God's mercy and God's peace are yours. They are. Through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. We're going to look at the gospel lesson this morning. Let me read to you just these verses, the opening verses, then the concluding verse. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. 
And the last verse, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Has this ever happened to you? You get busy with life. I mean, really, really busy with life, okay? And, and you become so fixed and, and so uh, focused on, on matters of, of daily living that, that you become so distracted by what's going on in your life and by the, the squeaky wheels, you know, the ones that are calling the loudest for all of the oil that they get all your time, they get all your energy, and you end up totally failing in giving your attention to what really matters. As I look back at my life, I can see a lot of those times. Times when I became consumed with my work at the expense of my family. There's one time in particular, I think, that, that says it all, and I remember like it just happened yesterday. Sunday morning, September 6th, 1981. I was pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church, and it was Labor Day weekend. And our church had just gotten its first vicar a couple of weeks ago. If you don't know what a vicar is, a vicar is somebody who's studying to become a pastor. You go to college, then you go to seminary. Four years at seminary. Your third year of seminary is not classroom training. You are assigned to a congregation for some in-the-field, hands-on, practical training how to become a pastor. Then you go back to the sem for your fourth year, finish up, get ordained, get called, get placed into a congregation like Shepherd of the Pines Lutheran Church in Rice. So I was, uh, I was scheduled to preach that day, and the vicar was going to do what we call the altar service. He was going to do the liturgy, all right? And, and, and because we were on our summer schedule yet, last Sunday of it, church was just at 9 o'clock that Sunday morning, which freed me up to be able to say yes to a brother pastor at Faith Lutheran Church who was wondering if I could cover his 1030 service that morning for him, and so I was able to do that. Oh, by the way, um, Karen was very pregnant at this time with our second child. In fact, it, it was the time where it could be any day now, okay? Don't get ahead of me. So it was about 7 o'clock that morning, and I was finishing up my preparation for the morning, looking over my sermon notes, and Karen called out from the bathroom, it's time. Her water had broken. One other, oh, by the way, unlike this morning, back then, I wore a clerical collar to church, okay? So we go to the St. Cloud Hospital, 
and, and Karen is admitted and we go up to the maternity unit and, and on the way we take our youngest, our oldest, our son, Marty, and we had made arrangements for this already and I dropped him off at Dick and Audrey Luckemeyer's. They were kind of like adopted grandparents uh, to us and they were going to watch Marty uh, while we went and, and had this baby. And, and uh, we got into the maternity unit and, and Karen was in labor and everything was going well. Now you need to know that when Marty was born, labor took 15 hours. Karen was in labor for 15 hours. We went at midnight, Marty was born in the afternoon, three o'clock, okay? And so I'm looking at the clock, okay, nine o'clock church, it's eight o'clock now, a little bit after. I'm looking at the clock and I'm kind of planning out my morning. And I'm thinking, okay, the first one took 15 hours. This one will probably take 15 hours as well. So this should work out for me to just kind of leave for a while, go preach at Holy Cross, do the service at Faith, get back in plenty of time to help Karen with the labor and all that's going on and be there for the birth of our child. And, and so with that in mind, I called the vicar and I explained to him the situation. I said, just go ahead and start the service without me. Don't worry, I'll be there in time to preach, okay? Don't worry about it. And so as time went on, It was now after nine o'clock. I knew I had to leave. And as just as I was telling Karen what I was going to do, the nurse comes in and says, it's time. You're fully dilated. I'm thinking to myself, what, in two hours? What happened to the 15? You're fully dilated, and we've called the doctor, and the doctor is on the way. Do you know what I did? <laughs> yep, that's what I did. They're wheeling Karen out to go into the delivery room, and I say goodbye. I have to go and preach. Now remember, I'm wearing a clerical collar and I'm walking out of a Catholic hospital on a Sunday morning. And a lady meets me as I'm walking in. She takes one look at me, one look at the collar and says, good morning, Father, how are you? Assuming that I was a Catholic priest. I didn't want to burst her bubble and tell her how much of a dad I really was. And so I went to Holy Cross and at 9.37, as near as I can tell, just about when I was saying amen to that all-important sermon, Joy L. Strohshine was born. And I went and did the service at Faith, finally made it to the hospital about noon to see that cute little baby girl. But I had missed the moment. I knew this moment was coming. And I should have been ready for that moment. A moment that would happen only once. A moment, I think, as you can tell, 
I still regret having missed. Sounds a lot like the five foolish virgins, doesn't it? And that's exactly what I was that morning, a foolish virgin. I wasn't a Catholic priest. I wasn't a husband. I wasn't a father. I was a foolish virgin. Now, fortunately, even more so graciously, I've been forgiven by both Karen and Joy for being a foolish virgin. I mean, we talk about this day often. Every time she celebrates a birthday, we talk about this day. She's 42 now. <laughs> and we laugh, just like you're laughing now. I just hope I have learned the lesson not to get so wrapped up in that which doesn't really matter so as to miss that which truly matters. Let's apply this to our faith. I, I need to ask, are you seeing any of yourself in my story where you become so wrapped up in stuff that doesn't matter at the expense of taking care of your faith and being ready for the Lord's return. We know that day is coming, don't we? Is there some part of your faith life where you are falling asleep and you didn't think to have any extra oil along for the lamp of your faith? Too busy to pray, too busy to read the word, too consumed with weekend activities to be able to come to worship every Sunday. Where and for what do you need to join with me now and say, Lord, forgive me for being so foolish? Even as you identify that area and even as you pray that prayer, I want you to know that just as my family forgave me, your Heavenly Father forgives you for the sake of Jesus, for being so foolish. You've been forgiven. And unlike the story, where the foolish virgins, it was too late for them to get some oil. It's not too late for us yet. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour when the Son of Man will return. So how do we do that? How do we join the five wise virgins and have oil in our lamps and ready when the bridegroom returns. Well, before 
offering some answers to that question. Let's first acknowledge what we know. The Lord is coming back. That's his promise. And Jesus never made a promise that he has not kept or will keep. Now, we don't know when, do we? It could be at the end of today. It could be sometime during your lifetime. Or it could be generations from now, couldn't it? But it's not a matter of if. It's only a matter of when. Be ready. Be ready. Don't get consumed with the things of life so that you're not ready for eternal life. Keep the lamp of faith burning. Be in God's word every day. Have some devotion every day. Spend time in prayer every day. Be in worship to gather with God's people every Lord's day. Be a person of prayer. Live out your faith. Some suggest that's what the oil is. Living a focused life where you're living out your faith. I have this in my pole barn. It's one of my ways of reminding me to stay ready and living a focused life. It, you notice the date, May 1st, 2020, so it's been out there a little while. And I go in my pole barn and I see it, I have as much time as the Lord gives me. He could come any moment, couldn't he? And then the question that I ask so as to stay focused, what can I do for the Lord today? That's one of my ways of trying to stay wise rather than be foolish. You can do all that you do in the name of the Lord Jesus, can't you? And still stay focused on living for him and, and, and ready for the end. You know, just ask God to give you the oil for your lamp. He'll give you his grace. He'll give you his spirit, which some have also suggested is the oil in the parable. He will give you forgiveness for all of the times that you let the less important stuff get in the way of the important, that which is most important. He'll give you all that you need to be ready. For that's what he wants. That when he comes again, he finds you ready. Because you see, he wants you to live with him forever in heaven. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why we're given this promise that he who began the good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. May he bring it to completion in your life and mine. 
And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.